we'll have to get someone even older than us on the show to tell us exactly how that worked. We'll, we'll get the wads on. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. They'll get to the point eventually. They have a point, right? Right? It's Founder Quest time. We are in uncharted ground, like we usually record on Fridays, but I was out on Friday, so we're recording on a Monday now. We just had our all-hands meeting. I had a meeting before that, which means this is my third Zoom call of the day. I've got another Zoom call after this one. Wow. And yeah. That's a lot of meetings so today. That's impressive. I figure if I have that's enough on. meetings on Zoom, I'll become a Zoomer and that's... I'll like have found the fountain of youth. <laughs> is that how that works? That's how it works. Cool. Okay. Well, we're, all, we're all Zoomers I'm sorry. Now. I, I apologize. Sir, I think, no, the joke, the joke proves that we're Zoomers, I think. And that's, yeah. they're, they're funny, right? It's fine. I'm going to learn Snapchat this evening. Yeah. I have an hour booked into my um, schedule. Very cool. Speaking of Snapchat. So I don't know if you heard the news over the weekend, but Microsoft is in acquisition talks for TikTok. Yeah, which is just like, I did not see that coming. No, no, not at all. <laughs> but, but, but someone made a funny joke on Twitter and I just, I just had to, to share it. And it was basically now Microsoft is going to have a cradle to grave experience, uh, social networks from birth until death. And so they <laughs> had you know, TikTok and then there's uh, Xbox and then GitHub and then LinkedIn, right? So yeah. it have you covered, right? From, from cradle to grave. See, I thought the cradle to grave still... experience with Microsoft was um, what happens to the social networks after they acquire them. Oh, oh. sick burn. Sick, sick burn. <laughs> thanks, <yeah>. thanks. <laughs> Does anyone still use LinkedIn? Uh, no. Like, it, <laughs> it just seems like, I don't know, what, like I had to go on or something. I don't know. I, I was there for some reason, probably not a good one. And... It was just like, this is just like, this just looks like all social networks end up looking like a, I don't know, like a strip mall eventually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That definitely describes that, LinkedIn. Yeah. That's yeah. an app description. Yeah. It's just like, what random crappy wares are you hawking? Or like, is it like shitty articles about synergy or is it like conspiracy theories about masks and mind control? Yeah. Although I don't know, like, we we did use i mean we looked at people's linkedins when we were hiring like in past hiring uh sessions so i mean I, you know i guess hr departments obviously still use use it but what if you had like no linkedin would that be i a don't know i can't yeah. imagine i would hold that against anyone no I, I wouldn't but i would expect there to be something out there right you yeah know, personal website or a github profile that has some stuff in it or you know yeah. something you know, I would, I would expect that if you were into tech, that you would be doing something online somewhere. Right. But like, as far as, I mean, I wouldn't, you like LinkedIn, having an active LinkedIn or like a Twitter account or something like that yeah. would understand why people would not have those yeah. variety of reasons. I, I regret both um, regularly. So. I mean, cause if you wanted to hire Kathy Sierra, you know, she's not going to have a Twitter. Yeah, account, exactly. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah. And I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that would not want to put themselves into the environment that is Twitter for no, very yeah, similar, very similar lately. reasons. Exactly. <laughs> that's me lately. Yeah. Me lately. Which is unfortunate. Yeah. Really? Is it star? Oh yeah. Yeah. I was just it's, like, this is just making me unhappy every time I look at this. Why am I looking yeah. at this? I stopped. I just had to stop. I stopped reading the newsfeed because that's the thing. Like if I stop at Twitter, like it sucks you in and then it just makes you sad or mad or another negative emotion. 
doom scrolling. Yeah. Doom scrolling. Yeah. It's like I already like I know the world's ending. I don't need to be reminded of it like every two minutes. Like give me a couple <laughs> of hours in between. What should we talk about today? So, you know, one of the topics on our list is a question that Ben put together for us a while back was what sparked each of the founders' interest in computers? Oh, and, a nostalgia episode. Yeah, I love yeah, these. Yeah. And you talked about that person who was looking to get into tech. And I'm like, hey, that's we could do that. We could uh, do some nostalgia. Yeah. Cold, hard cash. <laughs> I was, I'm, I'm like, in 25 years, I'm going to be like making a, a typical like engineer's salary. What I'm curious <laughs> about, though, is what... So like, like Star, you mentioned you had a non-traditional path, but I, I wanted to find out a little bit more about what y'all wanted to do when you were kids before you ended up on the whole, I'm going to be a developer slash tech oh. slash person, whatever. Like, for example, I wanted to be an architect. That's what I mm -hmm. wanted to be. As, at I least one that. of the things when I was a kid, there were some other things in there, but one of the things I really wanted to do was to be an architect. I thought that was a super cool career. Yeah. I'm well, trying, to, um, trying to remember. Um, I know journalist was always one for me. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah. You, you do value the truth. Mm-hmm. My dad was an architect, so I can actually see that, Ben. Like, I think you would make a pretty good architect if you ever want to go back to school. And, and huh? but, but let me tell you, architects make shit money. Like, <laughs> of all the, like, professions that people know about, that's like, a prof like architects, the least paying. It's, um, it's like a beige collar. It's not like a white collar job. It's like a beige collar because they get paid so little. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think it's just because it's like, I don't know, game development or something. Like so many people mm. are like, oh, well, I like art and stuff. So I'm going to be an architect. And so it's kind of like this prestige thing. But you don't actually need that many architects. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> There's only so many like buildings I've, and so many unique buildings. <laughs> yeah. Like for a while, I worked doing drafting in an architect's office. And like, that was one of my many careers. And yeah, you just need one architect in the office to sign off on the plans. And yeah, like every, everything else has become like very specialized. So it's like, yeah, you need your HVAC engineers and you need your plumbing people and, and all that stuff. So like in terms of like architects, they don't make that much. The engineers on the other hand seemed, from my limited experience, like seemed to make a little bit of money. Can I tell you? Can I tell you about a story? Oh, please. Okay, so there's this engineer who was, I guess, had a firm, and this was in Arkansas. This was not in a big city. He like always like acted like he was like this high roller when he came into the office to discuss. Like he wore suits. He like he had a. It was a, you know, those like aluminum cases that have like a foam in them that people uh -huh. use to like carry around like weapons to assassinate people. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, um, it was one of those, but it was full of cigars. <laughs> yeah, it was that, it was that kind of guy. Yeah. It was that kind of guy. And oh my gosh. So I don't know. I guess he was making some money, but I don't even know how much that was. I mean, he's making don't need enough much for to be a like briefcase a, full of cigars. That's for sure. Yeah, you, you, don't, need, you don't need much to be <laughs> like a baller in, in Fort Smith, Arkansas. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, go, go into architecture for the love, Ben, if you're going to do it. Yeah, I think I think that idea is pretty much floated by. The thing I thought of after I got past the architect phase was I wanted to be a writer. I really enjoyed writing. I yeah. enjoy English. I'm kind of a grammar stickler. And so when I actually when I went into college, I started as an English major. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. 
until I realized just how little money you make as an English major. Because <laughs> like, if there's you don't no become, a, yeah, if you don't become a famous writer, then there's really not a whole lot of great stuff yeah. outcomes from that. That English makes teacher. sense. Yeah. So, so how young are we talking about, by the way? So like, sorry. Hindu- how, like when you said like younger, I just realized that encompasses oh, yeah. a lot yeah. at this point in my life. Well, it's a younger for me, architect, I guess I was like, I don't know, eight, 10, somewhere when I decided okay. that's what I wanted to do that. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, do you, before we get off the topic of architects, do you remember what was the name of the, uh, you know, you know, on Seinfeld, like George, all that was his dream career. Have you watched Seinfeld? I assume. Mm-hmm. Oh, you froze. What's that? What's I was a, like, this? wait, you haven't watched Seinfeld, Ben? your your video froze so uh, do you remember like george's dream career was was always architect and so he always wanted to be an architect and he had this character when he like had to pretend to be someone else that was like more successful he was an architect and i think it was like i think his name was like vandalay or something like that (laughs) i think it was vandalay oh i remember that yeah And it always like whatever it would always be like the thing he would go to like if he had to like make himself impressive <laughs> like you do you just yeah make just when you have to like yeah. you know yeah i mean this is this is what the podcast is for right that's what most podcasts are about right uh, so yeah so around i guess when i was eight or ten i got into computers when i was maybe 12 or 13 so before that around when i was 10 years old like i really went through like a year of about about a year of wanting to become like a pool hustler or like a professional pool player or like, um, yeah, yeah. Like I had a book by, uh, I think it was by Minnesota fats who (laughs) like, I mean, you go into pool hustling just for the names, right? Sure. Yeah. And I could totally see it by the way. I could see you being a pool hustler. Oh yeah. Oh, thank you. You have that, like the approach that you would take to becoming one would be like, you know, you'd it would be very systematic. Um, so you, I think you'd have a high chance of success. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, to this day, like I know, I know exactly where to hit the pool ball <laughs> right. to make it in. I just, you've got all the, you've got all the math it. in your I head. I know exactly what to do though. <laughs> yeah. So that was pretty cool. Um, I watched, uh, like I, I found or rented an old copy of like the hustler with Paul Newman and what was it like the color of money, which was like that, that remake with, um, Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but the, the funny thing is, is that like, there's not like pool hustlers as a career option didn't even exist anymore at that point. Like nobody told me this. I feel like my career counselors let me down because like, nobody told me this, that this was like, like it was, it was from like the fifties and sixties and stuff where people, there were like pool halls and people would go into them <laughs> and, and stuff. So I don't know. I don't know where I thought I would find my, my marks. Yeah. That's like the smallest, uh, towns in the u.s you just tour them constantly make yeah. like five ten bucks here and there adds up after a while that, it's i might as well be a musician <laughs> so like card hustling on the other hand still kind of i mean like people some people like make a living off of uh you know like poker and, and stuff like that i know still and that's probably largely because there's still like big casinos and things where you can go and uh hustle people i would imagine yeah yeah i guess i don't know it seems like in like casinos there's not like the level of trickiness though where you're just yeah. like you're like golly what's what's this is this it's like a, some sort of stick what does that do uh, <laughs> yeah 
like that sort of appealed to it appealed to because you know I always wanted to be a ninja too as a child. So yeah, so then getting into computers, like my parents had a an actual little computer store, which was like it, it's called a store. Like I don't know what they were doing. It wasn't an actual store. It was run out of like our living room, and it was just a front. <laughs> it was their money I laundering think, operation. <laughs> yeah, like I think they figured out like basically somebody wanted to buy some computers and they had to become a wholesaler or something mm. to do it. So. It didn't last very long, but we always had these like Apple II clones. We weren't even like a nice enough computer store to have bona fide <laughs> Apple IIs. They're Apple II clones. It was called the Franklin Ace 2000. They got sued and put out of business because they just copied <laughs> Apple's firmware. They didn't like make a compatible one. They just copied it. So like the physical yeah. act of copying it, like they just like <laughs> they just like got a what is it like an an EEP EP ROM? Yeah, like. Mm-hmm. reader and just dumped it <laughs> just dumped it directly and nice. just copied it yeah <laughs> yeah and let's see so yeah i grew up playing those video games and stuff and then like fiddling around with basic and stuff while i was when i was maybe 12 and then like my parents took pity on me and got me a like a 286 when you know i was 13 or so yeah that's around yeah. the same age that i really started to get into theaters i think for me it was it's like, a great age yeah. to exit society and move into to like some sort of realm of, of pure logic and, um, <laughs> right. predictability agreed <laughs> so my uh, my, my first computer memory was a trs 80 and yeah uh, yeah the old yeah. trash 80 yeah loved it my brother got one and we would spend hours and hours typing in programs from computer magazines you know yeah. and that's where i learned the difference between an o and a zero <laughs> right. I would say, oh, and my brother would type that in and be like, no, it didn't work. He told me the wrong thing, you know, and get all mad at me and stuff. And so, yeah, yeah, it's pretty awesome. That says something to y'all's like strength as brothers to be able to get along while like typing in program <laughs> listings from the back of a map. Like that's just maddening <laughs> by yourself. Like I can't imagine like having to be nice to somebody while doing that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe it speaks to how little we had else to do. I don't know. There you go. Well, that's an, an item for your LinkedIn. You were an early proponent of pair programming. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Maybe that's why I hate pair programming today. Hmm. <laughs> I have to dive into that one with my hands. We're going to have a, we're gonna have a fire. We're going to have a... <laughs> yeah, it's going to be... Yeah, all the serious programmers are going to stop listening to us now. Yeah. But I, I love the Apple II. So we had, we had that in my elementary school. We had you know a computer lab back in the day when they were still computer labs because not every had a computer not every classroom mm-hmm. had one and uh yeah i remember going in there and we would play lemonade stand and type in again type in computer programs from from magazines and that, that glorious basic oh that was fun fun times what was your first computer i don't remember what the first like our family whatever the family like we had family computers i remember like because i i was like my first computers would have been like like mid nineties, I think like I got my first computer. I want to say like, I remember having like the Pentiums, obviously. Um, I want to say I like remember like 386 and something like that, but yeah, I don't, I don't recall. Yeah. My first I, re- I think family I remember computer. my Pentium too. Yeah. That's, that was <clears> the glorious <throat> time. Uh, my first, uh, family computer was an IBM eight as a, oh no, it was a Hewlett Packard 8086 processor with a 30 megabyte hard drive. It was Wow, that was huge. Yeah. It was amazing. That was living. Yeah. Oh, man. What a weird... It's weird. It's like people used to be drawn to computers like because it was like... They were like these like little self-contained 
things that you could kind of understand and play with. And, and, and now it's like you go into computers and it's the least self-contained thing that man has ever invented in the world. It's just such a, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think all the times about the, all the time about the contrast between how things were and how they are now, which I guess makes me old. I guess that's like, uh, that's just like reminiscing about the sock hops or something. <laughs> <laughs> the, so the, the thing that really got me into computers though, was not, it, well, I don't, I don't want to say it's like the computers themselves. Although I guess like, I mean, I remember like I was really pretty into like playing like DOS, MS DOS games and stuff. Like, I guess that, you know, that was like pre like before the internet really became a big part of my life, but the internet was really what got me into like, like what I really got interested in. I never wanted to like do game development or any, like I wasn't, I didn't care about the hardware, like couldn't care less about computer hardware, to be honest. It was always like the internet. And then I got into like the software, like scripting side of it. But this was a little bit pre-internet, but did you guys know that I ran my own BBS? That's awesome. Yeah, I ran my own BBS. Which which software did you run? VBBS. Oh yeah, which was written in like Visual Basic, I think. Mm -hmm. And by the by, a guy who like seemed to be uh, a wizard, and like I bought a copy, like I saved up like my thirty dollars. It seemed like a huge amount of money back then. I saved up like twenty or thirty bucks to buy a license, and I sent it to him, and like he emailed emailed me back, and I was like, it was like some celebrity was emailing me or something. It's like, oh, this guy's like, oh. And I like I tried looking at the code because it was like I don't think it was compiled, and I just couldn't understand it. And it just seemed very. I realize now I think it wasn't the best code, but you know, also I didn't really know Visual Basic that well. But it just seemed it just seemed magical. And one funny thing about that though is I started my um, BBS. My parents um, had a couple of houses, and in one of the houses they rented out a room to this this guy who's a longtime friend of theirs, and he uh, got into trucking as a profession. And so he started like being absent for like a month at a time. And um, in one of the other rooms of this house is where I had my computer. It's, you know, say, back when you had like a, a room for the computer. Yeah, mm-hmm. So this free free phone line, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I know this line. story. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, from my own life. <laughs> and so I'm picturing it now. I haven't even pictured this for years, but like I had... It was like an empty room and I had like a desk in the, the, just the middle of it with a computer on it. It was like very much like, I don't know, like sort of like hackers aesthetic where yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I had my like piles of like cola can, like they didn't sell Jolt in Arkansas, so I couldn't get it, <laughs> but I had my Mountain Dew cans there. And yeah. And so I started BBS on this guy's phone line and then he came back and everybody, his phone was just ringing constantly. Uh, <laughs> and with awesome. modem sounds and nobody knew what that was back then. <laughs> so, so I got in trouble and yeah, but I got my own phone line out of it. So that was nice. There you go. So how, lo- how long did you run your BBS? I don't know, like a year or so. Oh, that's cool. Like it was definitely sort of shut down by the time I went to, by the time I went to college. And these two jerks like socially engineered me and hacked my, hacked it. And it just really like that just, I was like, I'm still mad at them. I went to a computer store like years later to buy a SATA cable. And the guy there was like, oh yeah, have you heard from like Ty or whatever his name was? There, he's doing this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like thinking, it's like, I hate that guy. I will never <laughs> talk to him. So, so B- BBSs are what really got me hooked into computers. So Okay. So the uh, social aspect yeah. was big for you yeah, all too. Yeah, the social I aspect. Think, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's... 
Yeah. The first, the first piece of software I bought shareware was the blue wave mail reader, right? Ooh. Fidonet and for uh, Fidonet. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that, that really got me the BBSs. And then of course later the internet and ridiculous phone charges because I didn't have a local point of presence near me. And yeah, that's got me into coding really hardcore too. Cause I, I wanted to write Unix programs after I got into that scene. So that was, mm-hmm. that's what got me on the path. Well, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was really big into Turbo Pascal. Love Turbo Pascal. Yeah. Like to this day, like I really wish I could just like put all my variable declarations at the top and just have like everything just in this like predefined order. Like that was part of the language. You couldn't do it any differently, but it doesn't really work. We can always, we can make a a RuboCop uh, for that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And to this day, I've never used any sort of programming language that had as good of documentation as, but I mean, granted, I, I don't use like static typed language and snaps. So, but yeah, you just like, you know, it's like you hover your mouse over it or actually not even a mouse. This was like, this ran in DOS. You like go over to it and you press F1 and it pops up like the exact documentation you need. Yeah. Uh, IDE, man. That was, that was the best. It was so good. It was so good. And people are still, people actually still use Delphi, which is a, a variant of that, that sort of, it's a descendant of that. Like at that mm-hmm. first microconf we went to, I met a guy who had just sold his business, like, Doing some sort of Delphi component. Oh yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I don't know. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe when speech. I retire, let's go back and make Delphi components. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wasn't into the BBS scene really, but uh, I ran a number of my own internet forums. So back when forums were the thing, like forums oh, were, yeah. were my thing. I ran like PHP BB and. Actually, I've, I mean, I mean, I've written my own forum software because I haven't we all. Um, yeah. And for, for our younger listeners, forums are what we used to call Reddit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Forums. That's how we communicated between BBS and Reddit, I think. Oh, that was, uh, well, and then Usenet was in between there too. So oh, and Usenet. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. yeah. Usenet's yeah, still, I ran, still going. I ran Talkers. So those are Unix daemons that were just chat servers, basically like a, a MUD without the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. MUDs were big when I was doing that sort of thing. And so I got into programming. That's what really got me hooked to C and Unix and Linux. And, yeah. Oh, neat. Yeah. yeah I, I wish got, I had gotten I got really into, into like, Linux or Unix earlier. I really got into it to like assembly for a while because Turbo Pascal had inline assembly. Oh yeah, and I so about that. Yeah. yeah, so I learned that, and then like there was this little tiny coterie of programmers who were assembly like hobbyist assembly programmers, like in my town, and they were like they seemed very old, but I'm sure they were like 26. They sort of like took me under their wing because I was much younger. Yeah, so I actually like wrote several programs in assembler. Like I wrote a um, I read Frack whenever it came out. Oh, um, love Frack. I read, yeah, Frack stands for like freaking and hacking magazine. I, I don't know what it stands for, but that's, that's a gist. <laughs> and, and so one, one month or whatever, they published a, it was called a TSR program. It was a, it's called Terminate and Stay Resident, which means it could stay running while other programs on your computer were running, which is like, like magic. What? Yes, yes. This was before like anything had uh, multi-threading mul- or yeah. multi-processing or anything like that. Multi-user. Like the do- yeah, like DOS was a single process. And we had one core and we liked it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but TSRs, they were essentially little, there were bits of code that loaded into memory and yeah, they terminated and they stayed resident like a, I don't know, some sort of zombie 
it sounds a lot like a memory leak now that I think about it. <laughs> so you made this memory leak program um, and it had a little, it had a little uh, handler, a little callback where you could register with um, the operating system and call back and, and let you know something happened. Anyway, so in FRAC, there was a, um, a key logger that somebody had written. I was just like, this is shit. <laughs> like you do when you're learning to program. Like, this, is, <laughs> this is the most disgusting garbage I've ever seen. And so I, I, then I had to write my own keylogger programming program in, um, in Assembler, and it was much better. Nice. Naturally. Yeah, naturally. <laughs> and it even like would, um, before saving the, the file to disk with the keys in it, it would, it would like XOR it by a constant. So that it would be like not quite as visible to anyone who was snooping around. That's advanced encryption right there. I know. <laughs> <laughs> ah, those are the days. So you have you have elite hacker cred, Star. Oh yeah, definitely. That's, yeah, definitely. And now I make middleman sites. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. It pays a lot better. You know, it's uh, funny. You, a while back, you, you mentioned the, the when you're talking about the the pool hustling, and you're like your your counselors didn't teach you that that wasn't the career option, right? And I was thinking back to I really got started in my professional career as a web developer in the year 2000. And that career didn't exist like what a few years, just a few years before that. Right. Yeah. Like that's a pretty new thing. So like no, no counselor when I was growing up would have said, yeah, you know what? You can do this computer thing. Right. Cause it's like, it was just didn't exist yet. I just think it's cool that like the world has changed that much that, uh, that happened. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Oddly enough, like when I took my like assessment test in junior high, like it was like computer programmer, <laughs> but that was before, you know, there was web developers. It was just like, do you like people? No. Do you like being alone? Yes. Okay. <laughs> computer programmer. <laughs> Little did they know that like the profession would grow into the collaborative experience that it is today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where, where if you, yeah, it's you don't succeed really if you can't communicate with yeah. others. Not, not so much. We got the, totally scammed. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, pretty what much. What the hell? <laughs> but we still get our pizza in a Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah. But, but I guess we, we have hacked the system a little bit with Honey Badger. Bit. Yeah. Well, that was a fun walk down memory lane. It was. It was. <sighs> well, if you guys don't have any more like like BS to like bring up... <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I thought that would be witty, but it just sounded mean. Um, <laughs> if if you guys don't have any stuff, any oh my god, what is wrong with me? You're I can so tell mean, this star. is my You're so this mean. is my third. I can tell this is my third Zoom meeting today. Like I'm <laughs> totally. just, I'm dragging. I'm dragging. Like I used up my all my good material in the the all hands. <laughs> so yeah, I'm good. Yeah, if uh, are y'all good? Good. But you know, if we have any listeners who have a favorite Usenet group that they remember, you have to tweet at us and let us know what that was so we can, can share the memories. That sounds great. If um, I want to know what your favorite like interrupt was from Entlist. <laughs> nice. So just, um, you know, like tweet that at me at Starhorn. So yeah, if y'all like this show, um, please go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you would like to write for us, go to our blog at honeybudget.io forward slash blog and look at the, there's a link that says write for us. Look at that. Read the whole thing because I, I will question you. I will test you. And yeah, until then, like toodaloo.
Founder Quest is a weekly podcast by the founders of Honey Badger. Zero instrumentation, 360-degree coverage of errors, outages, and service degradations for your web apps. If you have a web app, you need it. Available at honeybadger.io. Want more from the founders? Go to founderquestpodcast.com. That's one word, where you can access our huge back catalog of episodes. FounderQuest is available on iTunes, Spotify, and other purveyors of fine podcasts. We'll see you next week.